And here we go again. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Hussein Farage again, bringing you the latest in cryptocurrencies. Now, I come from a background of blockchain architecture. So I'm not the guy to speculate. I'm not the guy to come and hear about, you know, which blockchain may people invest in or may people jump on. You got a question about the tech behind the blockchain, I'm the guy to come and speak to. Now, I've been in this industry, honestly, not very long, maybe 15, 16 months as a blockchain architect and about seven years in uh, retrospects of building our own blockchain. Originally, went through hundreds of developers, met a lot, spoken to heaps, found it really quick that uh, trying to produce a blockchain, especially with the ideas that I had, was not as easy as I thought. I mean, costing wasn't an issue, budgets weren't an issue, we just couldn't find developers, and the developers we did find, honestly, I wouldn't call them blockchain developers. Software developers, uh, people can amend blockchains, but not really blockchain developers. The journey was very tiring, but I learned a lot. I learned so much that I could really pick and choose any blockchain I want, and I can break it down to understand how feasible that blockchain is. I mean, what real-life application does it have? Because let's admit, I mean, there's thousands of blockchains working on a thousand different things. Realistically, I mean, which one of those blockchains is really going to be used? So we formed uh, an alliance between Techno Group and Advantage Group Australasia. Now, Advantage Group specialised in A to G, Advantage to Government Services. We flew the globe, met plenty of people. I mean, very interesting stories. Uh, but we'll leave those for a different day. And what we found is, um, I mean, most countries wanted to adopt blockchain technology. But what they kept telling us was they didn't believe the blockchain technology was scalable. Oh, how this journey started. Where do we start? Where do we start? Let's look at why we designed New Genesis the way it is. Unlike most people who come to the blockchain space and think, okay, let's build on something that's already developed, um, or the ideas that are already there, and, and that's, that, that's the right way. After speaking to several central banks for various countries, we realized that there is a big problem with blockchain technology. Now, the problem was a lot worse than we thought, because, yes, Satoshi had a great idea when he can, you know, jumped Bitcoin onto uh, the platform. But what Satoshi did that we found very unusual is the hashing algorithms, halving rates, hashing algorithms, so basically, he actually restricted his speed by making it complex. So we had to go through blockchains from scratch. We had to go right to the genesis. Our original blockchain, actually funny story, is we actually originally developed a blockchain on Ether. We realized very, very, very quick that wasn't a great idea. I mean, as much as I love Ethereum and as much as I love Bitcoin, um, real-life application for Ethereum, nah. I don't, I don't think it's got much real-life application. Yes, a lot of people jump on board, but with gas fees increasing, with speeds decreasing, I mean, even the sharding, once you realize the way that Ethereum has put their blockchain together, I mean, they've taken a wrong approach for sharding. Sharding is a great idea. I mean, parachain, sharding, these are all fantastic ideas. But truth be told, these are ideas which have been constructed not for real-life application. I mean, the technology behind them is fantastic, but the application of the technology is what the issue is. So after we developed one on Ethereum, we realized very quick, okay, now what, what's going to happen here? We're stuck. We've got this Ether. We've got this, you know, obviously we've got extensive gas uh, gas fees. We're trying to become a bridge for networks, but how are we going to become a bridge for networks and new coins 
So our goal was to help new coins get into the market, right? This is after the CBD story, but uh, that, that's what the goals were. So we looked at all this tech and we realized, shit, this, this tech is great, but its application is horrible. We, uh, after many years of research and many years of screwing up blockchains, I can tell you now we've screwed up so many blockchains. I mean, code after code, uh, the original blockchain, actually even prior to Ethereum, the playing of the blockchain, creating proof of work system with the 4.0 uh, algorithm for hashing. You know, it just it was insane. It was absolutely insane. So what we did is we set about to actually rebuild blockchain. I mean, we went back to Genesis. We went back to the original idea that blockchain had from the start, and we looked at it as an actual ledger. And based on a ledger, we basically came up with some solutions, but realistically, we were caught insane. Spoke to hundreds of developers, met really, I mean, top-end blockchain developers, software engineers, and the ideas we had, we said, okay, why, why would you do that? And the question I had to them is, can it be done? And their answer was, no. I said, okay, why? It's because no one's done it before. Okay, but that's not my question. It's not that no one's done it before. I'm asking is, can it be done? And obviously the answer was yes, it can be done, but it will crash the blockchain. It will send the blockchain to a panic. Okay, okay. so once the blockchain goes to a panic, can we figure out what caused the panic and then reverse engineer it and fix the issue? I won't go into too much details and bore you guys in this, but I'll talk about some stuff in essence, obviously, and we'll go about a few things. Um, I, I actually feel in love with blockchain technology. Now, is it the best technology in the world? Probably not, right? Let's be realistic. But is it a great tech that's been adopted by the mass? Yes, 100%. So we set to build the new Genesis blockchain. Oh, what a journey. I mean, if I tell you what a journey, ups and downs that we've had, the costing that's been involved. So when someone now, when I see a project come up on a blockchain or a, sorry, a, a launch of a coin and I look at what kind of money they're trying to raise, now look at the legal issues that they face and look at the structural issues that they face and the liquidity issues that they face. I start to ask myself, how are these guys actually going to survive? They're coming into a market which is very cutthroat. So who ends up making the money is the early investors. The early investors jump on board. They make the large money. Founders run out of money. They can't then finish the chain. And the journey starts all from scratch trying to fix it. Now, during our journey, we've spoken to hundreds of little blockchains that were developed I mean, they tried to raise the capital, they've, short, they've fallen short, but they've got great ideas. All right, so we're trying to find a solution for them in the new Genesis blockchain. After we went with Ether, and then we tried designing our own blockchain, I came across Substrate. Now, what a blockchain Substrate is. Okay, it's not a, well, when I say blockchain, it's an ecosystem to be utilized to develop blockchains. But Substrate, Polkadot uses it, Cosmos uses it, but I personally believe that those guys are using the power in the wrong way. I mean, it's like giving someone a, a V12 and then restricting the power of the V12 to a, a four-cylinder speed capacity, you know, just stopping at 60Ks. So here I am, I'm driving the latest Ferrari and the Ferrari can't go more than 60 kilometers an hour. You know, I can't rev more than 2,000 revs. So I realized very quick that, yes, that they've got fantastic ideas, but most of the ideas that have been put together have been put together for commercial reasons. Like we'll go through one day with parachains and parathreads and why I think the, uh, how can I put it? Not that the parathreads are no good, that the design and the architecture behind the parathread system and the parachain system has too many flaws. So first you've got to understand what an actual blockchain is, right? So in essence, a blockchain really is just a ledger, all right? Timestamp ledger, 
Now we've adopted the SHA-256, you know, hash topography, and that's just basically the identifier of the block. Now I can use fancy words and come up and down, but that's literally all it is. All right, so if you got to want to, you want to read something, read something called How to Timestamp a Digital Document. It's by Stuart Haber. All right, and W. Scott, I think I can't pronounce it right, but I think Stornetta. It's a 1991. It's the first blockchain to ever be created prior to 1998 when Satoshi decided to actually look at the blockchain or, you know, build Bitcoin on the blockchain. You really got to look at it. Now, what's come new is obviously the SHA-256, which was developed by NASA. Right, and really, it's, it's brilliant. The SHA-256 concept, you know, the 64 characters, it's, it's fantastic, four bits per character, and that's why it's called the SHA-256. Now, but what, what did Satoshi do that actually made Bitcoin become one of the most power-hungry blockchain in the world? Let's go back to Satoshi's vision. Now, whoever tells me Satoshi's vision was non-green, low speed, no. Satoshi, I, I personally believe his vision was fantastic, but the application of the vision had, you know, had time to mature. So there was, there's a lot of things that can be fixed in the original blockchain, which is Satoshi. So when I say the original blockchain, I'm talking about cryptocurrency. So I went over the issue with the technology in Bitcoin. Actually, I found Bitcoin to be very fascinating. I mean, is it scalable? It is scalable. Right? Is it? Uh, does it require so much power consumption? No, the blockchain itself doesn't. It's the algorithms and the. Uh, oh, sorry, my apologies. It's the algorithms and the structure and the functionality of how they determine if a block is true that causes the delay. So, in essence, in, in the blockchain, there's really five requirements of a hash. All right, and, and that's a one-way transmission, you know, deterministic, fast calculations, and the avalanche effect, of course. We'll go after that later, and with uh, withstanding collision. And we'll talk about those in, in a later time. All right, so we will go over it, and we'll discuss immobilizing ledgers. But all of that, doesn't, I mean, is irrelevant. All you need to know is to create a block, you need block, denounce, the data, the previous hash, and the hash. Right, so each blockchain, so a blockchain is a ledger, and each block on that ledger refers back to the block prior. Only the Genesis block refers back to the 000, so obviously it doesn't refer back to anything because it's the Genesis block. From there on in, each block then you know, starts to shift forward, and each block has another block attached to it. And each block always refers back to the nonce. Now, what are you mining when you're actually mining Bitcoin? What you're actually mining is the nonce. Now, I might be pronouncing it wrong, and I do apologize. The nouns, the nonce, but it's just the basically this, the, the number identifier, which then reverts the hash into having a four zero algorithm at the front of the hash. So zero 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 zero, and then the, uh, the instead of the uh, the crypto. Okay, so let's keep going. Now, I, I, like I said, I'll keep this one short. I won't take too much time, and we'll go into it next time. So the miners, like we said, okay, they chase the nouns. Um, and whoever gets the gold announced is the actual person that wins the lottery and then there's the uh, you know the cryptographical bustle now the byzantine fault tolerance we can talk about that later it's just a mechanism to determine fault in the event of corruption and event of different uh, information being passed on through a system i mean if you want to read about it leslie lamport if i'm correct 1982 so if you jump onto google google it it's a really good uh, it's it's a good fault tolerance, and, and that's what Bitcoin decided to use, and a lot of a lot of the blockchains refer, refer to the uh, tolerance. 
Now, some people ask about the conflict between two miners. Yes, you can have conflict between two miners. So if the two blocks, depends about the blocks, depends how many networks on the blocks. If one of the blocks, okay, the, the block that actually wins the uh, the mining, or the, sorry, the computer that wins the mining. Uh, I will put this on hold, just receiving a call, and I do apologize. We're going to stop the recording, and we'll come back to you shortly.